Hello, everybody, and welcome to Millennial Gaming Speaks review discussion on Firewatch. I am Logan Moore. With me is Max Roberts. Hello. And if you just listened to episode 34, which you may have done, uh, like we said, this is kind of our topic. We usually have, if you listen to our show regularly, which I hope you do, um, we usually have a topic segment at the end of every show. And this week's topic, we are going to discuss Firewatch, give our impressions of the game, um, kind of a review and talk about how we felt about the story and things like that. It's um, um it's more in the reason we didn't keep the show together was we wanted this to be more in vain with our Batman Arkham Knight discussion yeah. we had uh last year. So we thought it would be better by itself uh as its own standalone thing. We just yeah. thought that would be best. It's easier to access this kind of stuff when it's its own separate file on our SoundCloud or iTunes page. So we figured we would just make this its own separate episode. So thanks for listening. Um Let's get right into it, though, Max. Um, we are going to talk about spoilers for the game. Not here in the opening. I think we're going to give a, initial impressions of how we felt about yeah, the game. Yeah, we're going so. to... I really least... don't know why you would be listening to this, though, unless you beat the game. Just yeah. throwing that out there. But, but if you are we'll... listening to it and you don't want to have it spoiled for you, we'll tell you when you probably should stop listening. Yep. Um, other than it'll, that, Max... It'll be clear-cut. Max, what was your initial thoughts with the game? My, well, uh, as far as Firewatch goes and my knowledge of the game beforehand was I knew it was a first-person exploration game. Uh, I had heard that someone from Telltale who did Walking Dead Season 1 was working on it. Uh, Mr. Vanneman? Yes, as I've, I've learned recently. And then it was... Uh, is coming to PS4. I remember that reveal. I was very excited for it. And the only other thing I really knew about the game was that it was very gorgeous. Other than that, I didn't know going into Firewatch what Firewatch was necessarily about as a whole, besides yeah. a dude in a tower. Uh, I didn't know. I mean, I had read a couple of reviews when it came out, so I kind of got a gist for how long it would be as far as time-consuming-wise. But other than that, I really didn't know anything about Firewatch. And I was kind of curious how you went into the game. Yeah, I went in totally. I saw the trailer at E3 this past mm-hmm. year. And other than that, I went in totally, totally black. Um, I did not hear a single thing about the game. Uh, my Skype's beeping at me. I don't know why. Beep, um, beep, beep. Yeah, I did not hear a single thing about the game. I saw the initial trailer. I heard the initial writing in the trailer. Um Thought it sounded fun. Thought it looked interesting. I'm always usually a fan of these indie type games, mm-hmm. so I decided it looked good. A bunch of people, other people, were excited for it. From what I read from some of the press, it looked interesting. So yeah, I went in pretty, pretty much not knowing a single thing though about the game, other than what it looked like and what I a general idea of what I was getting myself into. Mm. Um. The game, like, just when you look at it, like I said, it's gorgeous. It's got that – They Ali Moss was the art director. And it's – one of the things I love about the game's look and aesthetic is it is an art style. It's not a realistic game, um, realistic looking like Gone Home or um, Vanishing of Ethan Carter or Gone to the Rapture where those are very – realistic and gorgeous looking games in that regard uh, I like that this game is dedicated to an art style and yeah. 
I think I, no, that... I totally agree with you. They didn't take like the cell shading route or anything. Mm. Um, it's kind of all. It's unique. Uh, I guess cell shading would be the most similar thing. To right. It, it's but it's even more unique from that. Um, I I really it stands out. Really liked it. it. It's one of the more unique art styles I've seen in a game in quite some time. Um. Other than that, I mean, I guess what Firewatch is about is a guy named Henry takes a job to be a lookout in Shoshone National Forest to watch for fires, and he has discussions with his supervisor, Delilah, in a separate radio tower or separate lookout tower over a walkie-talkie. And, and, you that's get, all sh- and that's about all I think you should know. Yeah, you just you make choices in dialogue, and that's how firewatch works it can take three hours to beat it took me six (laughs) really yeah i spent a lot of time exploring and looking around and i still found out that i missed a lot as far as like extra stuff Uh, how long did it take you to beat it about about three three and a half hours something around Mm -hmm. there okay took me six yeah i I wanted to it was one of those i was pretty busy last week when Mm -hmm. it came out and i had one night where I got home around ten, and I just knew I wanted to, I just knew I wanted to get through it. So I went somewhat fast. I still saw a decent amount of stuff, but I didn't deviate from the main trail too often. Um, so my yeah, my initial impressions. I I don't know. It's one of those games that kind of sticks with you. It, I felt myself having to think about it a little bit more after I played it because. It's pretty anticlimactic, and I didn't walk away from it doing backflips and saying, that was amazing, that was the most fun game I've ever played, because it's not really fun. It's more of a an experience and kind of something that sits with you for a little bit and you think about. Um, it reminds me of Journey in that way. Yeah, yeah, something like that where you don't know if you're having fun more than you are having a sort of experience and putting yourself in this character's shoes for a little bit and trying to understand what's going on with him. Um, I think so it's it's almost more like a book or something in that way. It's it's most definitely story heavy and it's using gameplay as the medium to tell that story and I think that it really the story itself really thrives from you having control over the demean uh the demeanor of Henry. Yeah. Not so um, much not so much it's NPC Max running through or not NPC but you know Max is running through the forest and he's talking to Delilah. It's Henry talking to Delilah. Yeah. Yeah, and you, and you get to you get to have your say in how Henry responds and things like that, but right. yeah. Um let's go ahead and open it up now. We've talked about our initial thoughts with the game. Let's okay. uh this is really a thing we can't discuss too much without immediately getting into spoilers. So it's spoiler time, people, so if you're listening to this and you don't want to have the game spoiled for you, here's your chance for the next five seconds to get out of that, um, because we're not that we're going to start screaming spoilers immediately.
so that's it. Now let's uh, get into spoilery stuff. Um, Henry dies. Everyone gets murdered. Henry can die. Everybody dies. No, Everybody. no, no. Like, I'm being serious, though. Henry can die. Yeah, I know. Are you talking about the helicopter leaving at the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that was interesting. That is... That, uh, I don't that's know That's not how you... I would want the game to end, though, at that all. That would be... I mean, it can't... Like, I could see a playthrough where that ending would be better than him popping on the helicopter. But um, I don't know if yeah, you watched maybe. it, but IGN did a spoiler cast, and the idea behind the helicopter leaving came from... They are like someone is going to try and break this game so they planned for every contingency possible and they're like what if someone just doesn't get on the helicopter what if someone just leaves like just sits there there's a fire coming at you right so they're like the helicopter what did you will name leave your fire by the way um i and- named it ended up I, it, it was the delilah fire fire oh so you're trying to fall in love with delilah abby was that. trying to fall in love with delilah i named it flapjack fire i like that name i did too kept it uh, lighthearted but- and Kind of well, if you me and if you call it the Delilah Fire, she says we can't call it that, so they call it her middle name, which is the June Fire. Okay. But they're in July, so that's the joke. Is it's the June Fire in July? In July, that's interesting. Um, okay, so where do you want to start here? I've got some I, pluses and minuses on my list. Um, let's just okay. So, like we've said, let's start with the story and the writing overall. I think that's a, probably the most broad thing to start on, and probably the most important aspect of the game what did you think of it top to bottom did you like it I, I don't know all that stuff as as far as the writing goes I think it's a very grounded story yeah I think they do a very good job of keeping you guessing and on your toes like it's it's never clear I mean to add a little more clarity since this is a spoiler part of the show i mean so you know someone is clearly spying and slash messing with you yeah and you see in the forest the and you got to figure that out and you don't and know you... if it's government spies you don't know if delilah's messing with you um you don't know if it's those two girls like i think the game does a very good job of keeping you um guessing you know and i kind of haven't issue with that sort of well you do because we'll we'll talk about it we'll talk about it in a little bit but um it's not really an issue i have with the game it's more of an issue i have with the walking simulator game something similar to something i kind of experienced in gone home um we'll talk about that in a second you mentioned the writing though i think the writing in this game is some of the most superb writing i've seen in a game in quite some time and i think that's brought out in the performances yeah, I, I agree with you. The voice acting in the game is brilliant. Without uh, the voice actors, this game is I think the two mesh nothing. together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, for sure. Not um, just the voice actor, but like the writing and the acting together are the peanut butter it and was, jelly. It was, a, it was a perfect combination of all of the elements. Uh, without, 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 without the voice acting, the writing couldn't have stood on its own the it, way it does. But without the writers, the voice actors couldn't have done anything with it it really was just a perfect combination of the two it really the one of the things that really kind of blew my mind was how natural it was the conversations felt very natural it wasn't this stiff it wasn't like a telltale game not to you know i love telltale games but it's not a telltale game where there's a bar at the bottom and everyone's just waiting in silence and or yelling at you depending on the situation uh what you know what do you pick? There is a there is an ebb and flow to this dialogue that really 
helps lend itself to the characters and their development and it personally to my enjoyment of the game and its story on the level i enjoyed it yeah i i totally agree with that and i think what's what's even more interesting about how they made it so so seamless uh the conversations was that you always have an option or for the most part an option with what you want henry to say and so for no matter what option you choose for there to be a seamless rebuttal on delilah's part to whatever you're saying to her was really interesting because we've played enough rpgs and enough games where it'll give you three or four options and it turns out three of them are the same and one of them maybe will be a slightly different response Mm -hmm. Um, there's usually in games like that there are usually two clear-cut endings um when you get to things like walking dead season two there it can get a little crazy on the endings but usually it's pretty grounded as far as an ending goes as a, a black and white situation yeah and firewatch is no different yeah the i would say the ending in this one was pretty much unless you stay behind to die um <laughs> yeah unless you're unless you hang out for two minutes and wait to die then it's yeah it, everybody seems to get the same ending which i am fine with um I a bunch of people were frustrated with it huh I loved it. Yeah, I do too. I love games where the ending is the same for everybody. Um, because it's giving it's the developer saying we're deciding to go this route. And with a game like this, they really kind of let you fill in the gaps with what happens afterwards. Do you go see Julia in Australia? Do you decide to try to find Delilah and live with her or something like that? You don't really know. And you kind of from day one to day whatever it is when the game ends 77 78 79 79 i think it's 79 um from day one to day 79 you kind of get an idea of being in henry's shoes and what's going on and you have an idea of well if i was henry i would do this or i think henry's gonna do this based on the time i spent with him and so i think that's interesting that you it's kind of left up in the air what happens next um which is an interesting thing, and it allows you to, it allows you to then think about the story afterwards than just being bluntly told, "Nope, this is what's happening." Um, so I like that. I like the ending. A bunch of people were upset that you didn't have some sort of say in your ending, and that the yeah, choices it, you made in the game didn't matter enough. I told I talked to you about this a little bit last week. And that that the choices me. you make matter in the moment as soon as you make them. It's. Like My... whether you're naming the little cliff that you jump off and that you fall off of in the beginning, whether you're naming the fire, things like that. Those are the choices you're making. They're having an effect on the game as a whole, but they're yeah, happening it's... immediately. The thing that kept coming to me was it's not me having an outcome at the end. It's not anything like that. It's me choosing how Henry would react to a situation. It's it's not how I would react. It's not how I hope the game ends. You know, it's not I hope I hook up with Delilah or, you know, I hope I go back to my wife or whatever. It's how would Henry react in this situation? And I think that really kind of sets this apart from other walking simulators or first-person experience games. Did you play Gone Home? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay gone home and i assume um gone to rapture which you played that right you played that uh, everybody's gone to the gone rapture, to the rapture? Yeah, you played that I've too played right that. yeah i did 
Um, now I haven't played that, so I can't speak for everybody's gone to the rapture. But gone that home, the that one's a trippy one. That that game, gone home. The story is told at you, where you are investigating this house, you are picking things up, you are picking up collectibles, and you're putting it together, almost like a mystery. But I mean, it's being told at you. There's no dialogue in the sense of my character is speaking to another character. I'm just reading what another character left for me. And that works really well for that game. But I think having both characters have the same set of knowledge, they both are at the same point, and their knowledge grows as mine does. Like, all three of us technically are in the same spot as far as what we know. I think that really um, steps up the bar for the storytelling here and really made me enjoy the game a lot more because I know Delilah didn't know more than me and I also knew Henry didn't know more than me and technically I could not tell Delilah things and keep information from her it it almost kind of gave me the control over what certain characters like Delilah knew and I kind of liked that I, I like not being told at me I liked it being told with me the only time that you feel like Delilah might be withholding information with you is when you get the cross chatter between her and another lookout and you yep, don't that was, really know what she's talking about. That was mysterious. Yeah, I you was get, you immediately get a little off put suspicious there, but it doesn't go much past that. And she clears it up later by just saying, I just kept your receiver on and you just heard what I was saying. Um, one one part I wanted to take it back to really quick because we're talking about the story and the writing was the beginning of the game. And I wanted to know what you thought of the beginning of the game and how that was done. It had... Because the beginning of the game is completely different than the rest of the game. I Yeah, yeah, and I, I liked it because of that. Um, I also like that you really don't see Julia or have that connection to her. It was kind of an up thing to me i assume you've seen that movie where the Uh, opening five minutes kind of build up this entire storyline and then the real story doesn't start until after those initial moments so but everything they're giving you in this opening is vital to the rest of the story um i don't know it was it was emotional i mean it kind of hit you hard from the beginning and I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It was. It, it was. I like the all text option with it too, with just kind of ambient noise in the background. Yeah, um, just. I mean, it. I found that to be very effective. Yeah, and I, I did found, too. Which is surprising. Just reading text in a video game. Yeah, and it, I think the effective part was it started out by giving you options, meaningless options, really. You know, what do you? What dog do you get? What do you name the dog? What do you set? What's your pickup line when you talk to her? Right. All of these are kind of you putting a personal reflection onto Henry, but the broad strokes are there. Yeah. Like Henry, Henry is an established character from the beginning, and that's what the intro does. But once things start taking a turn for the worse, you know, when you start realizing that Julia, your wife, has dementia, that's when, um, that control or that illusion of control over what Henry does and reacts and says is taken away from you. And you are being told what Henry is doing. 
and all you can do is push you know x or click your mouse to continue the story it it rips that control away from you and it's telling the story and i really found that to be the most effective part cuz i could i could take that that text put it on a piece of paper and read it and it'd be an upsetting story like you know it it would hit it would pluck those heartstrings so to speak but i think that you pushing the button like saying you know you leave or you say you'll visit you know i think that really that's what hits the nail on the head as far as stirring up those emotions in you and i think that was really cool yeah and i don't know what it was but it immediately just that text and having you make simple little dumb decisions made you immediately care about the characters and made you care about your wife who's having alzheimer's and is slowly just forgetting who you are and um she is and who she is and yeah and she can't go to her job and then that makes you immediately regret things like well like i i remember one of my decisions was she's like i got a job opportunity i'm like oh i don't want you to go sorry and then five seconds later she's what seems like five seconds later but in the game is really a year later or so she starts developing early onset dementia and uh I don't know, you look back on the choices you made before, like, well, geez, should I maybe have just let her go to that job in the time that she had? Does it really matter either way because she's not going to remember who I am when this is all said and done? Or I, I don't know. I mean, it was probably partially the disease, too, that was really just... It wasn't like, they, it they wasn't built, like they, your wife died or yeah. um, you got a divorce your wife's forgetting who you are and everything that you've done together and all the decisions you've made, which is, I think what is powerful about that opening is that they let you make small little dumb decisions like going up to her and saying, you're pretty while you're drunk in a bar and then choosing what kind of dog you want. And they let you make these small little dumb decisions. And then you get to the end point of the opening where it's, well, my wife has Alzheimer's and she's not going to remember any of this at all when this is all said and done. And I don't know, that was really heavy, heavier than I thought it would be, and really caused me to do some, I don't know, made me think of some things in my own life. Um, I've got some personal things I want to talk about with the game later on, but we'll get to that point. But yeah, the, the opening was probably the most powerful part of the game, and maybe the best part of the game, in my opinion, which Ooh, is interesting. really weird because, like I said, it's just text on a screen and you get to choose left or right and then hit x or click the mouse and move right. on and it's such a simplistic thing but it builds up the entire backstory and builds up the entire narrative of the game there is and then makes you understand why somebody like delilah is important to come into his life it's it's no mystery who henry is you know you have no questions about his backstory you have his entire adult life laid out for you in the beginning and i think that's really powerful there's no like weird I don't, there's nothing left hanging it's it's very cut and dry it's there to establish the character in the world of firewatch and i think that is um how effective and powerful the intro is it's um it reminds me a little bit of the last of us intro that sets up who joel was and you can see the father figure coming in that yeah. will help ellie and i and i know 
for me personally, The Last of Us gets me every time, whether I'm playing it or I watch it. Uh, every every single time I tear up. And Firewatch, while I have played it one time, I am planning um, a second playthrough, but I did buy the soundtrack. And the music for the prologue is just as effective as you brought it up, Up, the music in Up that's going on, that piano um, for the beginning of the film this music has the same effect it stirs those emotions because i know when it it changes when there's the change in the music and it gets more and more somber i know what's going on as yeah. far as in henry's life and i think pairing those two really um i'm trying to think of the word but it like embedded it in me it's yeah. it's there it sticks it's you know it's like throwing wet pasta against the wall it just it's stuck there yeah i was i mean i was talking i was ranting last night about how i think music can really reach us on an emotional level that the words or anything else can't there's just something about music that can reach right into your heart and bring things to life that you didn't realize were there and um, I, there's something about music that I just really think is important, and I was ranting about it last night because I felt like Kendrick Lamar got ripped off in the Grammys with uh, Album of the Year and Taylor Swift winning instead because her music says a bunch of nothing, and Kendrick uses his music to say important things. And I think uh, music can say and, I mean, do important things emotionally to people, and I think Firewatch really pulled it off and... Um, let's actually kind of touch on the music. We've talked about it a few times. I felt like it did a really good job of making you feel isolated. And the the electric guitar, there's something about that that makes me think of a hot summer day, uh, the effect that they had on it. I don't know what it is, but that sort of bluesy effect that they had on the guitar. Um, I don't know. It made me feel like i was out in the middle of nowhere on a hot summer day obviously that's what i was seeing with my eyes but there's something else to it um i really enjoyed the soundtrack quite a bit it's it's one of my favorite video game soundtracks ever it's just it's piano and guitar um but it has kind of what you were just talking about it it evokes emotion at the right time um it really helps with the pacing of the game and the story I think, and a lot of people had trouble with the pacing, and I can kind of see that in the middle where they do that montage cut. But overall, yeah. I thought the game's pacing was very well done as far as what I discovered and how my story and order played out. But the music comes in at those right times, whether I'm talking to Delilah or I'm just walking in the forest. And I think it's um, it, it adds to the story. If you took the music away, it would... Like, you know, the the effect, like the impact of the story and I guess the the literary value and the thinking about it is still there. But the music is just that extra ingredient that yeah adds to the complexity of it. And I think it helps quite a bit. I think I think music's really the final thing that brings all of those elements together. Um, the glue, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think that music really, I mean, even in other other mediums like movies for instance uh, i think some of the most powerful things and the last star wars movie or the emotions you feel when you watch a star wars movie are partially because of the music that backs it and 
You just get a little... And yeah. in, the, in the big scene in Star Wars Episode Seven, one of the most important things about it is that there's no music, and that's noticeable, and, and that was something I picked up on the first time I saw it. Um, music, when it enters the equation, I really think brings the whole thing together, and lack of music, I think, can do the same thing. Um, if done right. If done, if done right, of course. Um, so, yeah, I really think that that's one of the more important elements in this that's really overlooked by a lot of people but um without it i don't think this is the same game um i'm trying to see here let's if let's jump to gameplay um okay there's really not a a, ton to talk about it's a walking simulator for the most part it is a first person experience game uh you i do like there there's the small touches the dedication to detail like to talk to delia it's a walkie-talkie so on the controller, you hold L2. L2, yeah. And you can use the D-pad to pick your option and dialogue, and then you let, well, you like select it and let go, and then you talk. I think that's a really nice touch. I think that's you know that's how a walkie-talkie works, so to speak. You hold the button, say what you want, and let go. Um, you know, you walk. The it's really cool. Henry has heft to him. There's like a sense of weight and movement. He's not just a floating camera. The you know you see his arms and his feet, and he climbs the rocks, or he drops down, or he climbs over a log. Like the animation, he's like a real person in that sense. You know, it's not just the floating camera thing. I think that's really nice. Um, you pick up and look at objects. You can keep them. There's, you know, you read notes. It's, which is typical for these kind of games that adds a little extra story. But, you know, other than that, I mean, as far as the gameplay goes, I don't know about you, but I had a very poor time with the game technically. Uh, yes, I, that was one thing I would, did want to bring the, up. For me, it kept the it stuttered frequently. It froze um, on me at one point, which also, unfortunately, froze at the very end of the game as well. Uh, right when I, Right when you start pu- pulling yourself across the canyon to go Ooh. over to where Delilah's, go to Tyler, Delilah's tower yeah it goes there goes to black screen to, so it can load the next area and it froze on me on that black screen so that oh, sucked in the most, I'm sorry and the most uh, like intense point of the game when you're trying to get to where you need to be it was the um I just think I, it, it a, never froze on me but it kept stuttering and yeah it was just the frame weight rate was really bad if you looked oh. around too fast you could, I mean, you could just hold left or right on the uh, right just, stick, and could you chug. could immediately see it's how it, how it was chugging. They Camposanto and uh, specifically um, Sean is Sean Vanaman, right? Yes, yeah. yes. He he actually posted on Reddit. I don't know if you saw this, but he was like, "We did, you know, we didn't just put this game out thinking, ah, oh, they'll not, you know, they won't care. We we tried to make this the best game we could." And I can tell that, and he was like. If you are having problems, you know, describe them. Let us know. We are currently working on it. It is more difficult to get a patch out for PS4 because, you know, we have to work with Sony and Unity and um, all of that to get it all working. But uh, if you do have issues, you can message me on Reddit. And I actually messaged him because I was having trouble. And he said, you know, try turning off autosaves for now. That really didn't help in my case. Um, It really... It really I just sucked. think this might just be one of those games that's really optimized for PC. 
And it was interesting because it's the it's one of the first games on console to use the Unity Five engine. Yeah. And so I think it's just it, that engine hasn't been optimized. Yeah, I think that's part part of it as well. Which is um, a big bummer because every time it stuttered, it pulled me out. It it distracted. Well, leading that back into the gameplay, I'm glad that it wasn't like a knee jerk shooter or something along those lines. Like I'm glad it was a walking simulator. Um, it was frustrating, it but I eventually was able to overlook most of it. Are um, you saying you didn't find the AK-47 in Cashbox 303 and just shot up all of the lookouts? I did not. I, That's I, alternate I ending not. C. Guess I'll have to. Guess I'll have to replay it. Oh, most definitely. You can shoot. You can shoot the helicopter down out of the sky as it descends. Um, Get to the yeah, yeah. I mean, it chugged on me, but I don't know. I got used to it. Twenty. So it didn't hinder my overall experience by any means because I know sometimes things like that can get really under people's skin. It wasn't one of those things that ruined the game for me by any means. Um, it would have been nice if it worked a little better, but it's it's fine. I played the game, and it I probably will never remember that it struggled like that uh, a year from now. Um, I'm trying to think. So, oh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, the picture thing was cool oh, the camera, I thought. yeah yeah the camera that you could take around there with you and... yeah at the the point in the game you're actually forced to grab this backpack and inside is a camera and the camera uh lets you take in-game pictures and it's a disposable camera which is cool and you take you can take pictures of whatever you want and whenever you want the you know have besides... you seen some of the ones that they're mailing back yeah they... if you play on pc you can like have them mailed back to you or something. Yeah, you can get like the in real life. pictures that you take in the game sent out to a real photo development place who will then send the game, send them back to you. It's it's a really cool touch. If you want to see your pictures at the end of the game in the credits, they're supposed to like scroll along with the credits and you see the pictures that were on the camera beforehand, which is with um Ned and Brian Goodwin, which we'll actually talk about them soon, I imagine. Yeah, I figured we'll get to them. But soon. um Unfortunately for me, uh, I had a glitch where none of my pictures showed up. It, they were just all white tiles, and I took every picture I could with the camera roll. So I was really bummed not to be able to see my pictures. I was actually pretty upset about that. But um, I mean, the Ned, you know, the Ned and Brian picture showed up just fine. It was uh, it was a shame for me. Which I totally forgot to look at because to me it was like, up oh, credits roll. Um, let me see my phone real quick. What time is it? Oh, somebody texted me and things like that. I usually I, looked, I, I usually watch point. the credits, kind of like a movie. The only time I've ever left during the credits for a game or was like distracted or quit or whatever was GTA Five because they're like thirty minute credits. Yep, yep. Good old I GTA. Usually tend to watch them too, but I don't know. Just didn't that time. Santa, I saw some of the pictures though. I didn't. Eleven people, everything. dude. It, the credits were like thirty seconds. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Um. I saw most of it. Um, I didn't see my own pictures, though, but I saw... I don't think I missed any of the ones with Brian and Ned. Um, okay, so one of the things I wanted to mention, uh, something that annoyed me, and I'm curious if it annoys you. Um, the thing that annoyed... I don't know. I think this is just a person personal thing with me. But the thing that I find frustrating with this game and Gone Home, both in particular was that they kind of have this bait-and-switch thing going on with the story where they start acting like 
really weird stuff's going on, like aliens or uh, the KGB. I don't know. There's just really weird, creepy, tense stuff going on, and you start feeling this kind of horrified pit in your stomach. And then in the end, it's just like, huh, nope, it's just two teenage girls who love each other. Or in this case, nope, it's just a kid who died, which was horribly sad. But it just never turns out to be what you're thinking it is. And so you're building up this tension. You're going through your mind. You're like, oh, there's so many conspiracy theories in my head. Bush did 9-11. What's going on? Um, and so you don't know what's happening. And then it turns out to be something really anticlimactic, which I get it. This game is totally surrounded in realism. But it's something that kind it, of frustrates me with the games. I don't know if I'm alone with that. And I don't think you are because a lot of reviews said – a, it was anticlimactic. B, it was um, misleading, misdirecting. Yeah, and that was I... my biggest hate with Gone Home is that from the start of Gone Home, it seems like a horror game. Oh, you have to shake Gone that Home. feeling off. It's just there is a there's actually now an option for Gone Home if you play it on your PS4, or Xbox, or PC. You can have a run with all the lights on in the house. <laughs> like nice. at the beginning of the game, just all the lights will be on. Nice. Which I think is a funny touchstone because that game, you're in the middle of Oregon or Washington on a stormy night in this empty abandoned house that looks like people left in a hurry. I mean, yeah. how are you not supposed – and then there's like a scary horror subplot in that game too. It's like yeah, how do you yeah, not exactly. feel terrified? There's so much weird satanic demon crap going on in that game. I mean literally the first thing I did in every room was turn on the lights. Yeah, same here. And but, so for then to, to get to the end of the game and you're walking up into the attic, and gone home, spoilers, but whatever. And then you walk up into the attic and you're like, holy crap, there, this is going to be where Satan himself lives. And, huh, <laughs> the body. Nope. I just went out to see my girlfriend. Bye. Like, like a bunch of people say how much gone home emotionally affected them. And I was not emotionally affected at all because I was just like. You're heartless. Yeah, well, I was just like, huh? They built all of this up, and then all it was was a girl left the house to go find her girlfriend, and that was it? I, I don't know. I just The bait and switch in this game wasn't as bad, but I started to get the sense of halfway through. I was like, all right, this Brian kid's going to end up being more important than has been let on because Delilah keeps bringing him up, and... I don't know. Something weird's going on out here, though. From day one, though, you see somebody kind of walking around, and then you get punched in the face, and there's weird that was stuff nuts. going on. Getting punched was nuts. And you don't know why you're being observed. You think there's maybe, like, somebody above Delilah who's, like, observing lookouts, and somehow you were chosen. I mean, that was the thing I was starting to think was going on. And it turns out Ned was just writing up all those reports to, like, throw you off or something. I don't yeah, know. It So really there are a bunch of kind of – possible threads there's the girls went missing yeah there, that these too. two girls went missing you think um, that i spies think there are might be a you. serial killer out there could be ned and brian could be government could be delia herself all these threads i think keep you on the toes but i never thought like i mean in my gut and from the beginning i kind of was like all right i feel like this has to do something with the father and son because the kid's not supposed to be out here I felt like it was the it was the two of them, so that was kind of like my gut 
response. Obviously, yeah. when you get to that like camp, it's like, oh, what is going on here? There's crazy reports. Someone is watching me. Um, but, but I it never just kept getting progressively weirder and weirder and weirder because it. I think it was it was playing. But I think that's intentional, not so much to pat out the game or to be like, haha, we, we swapped this on you, here's the plot twist. Yeah. I think that lended itself more to both the state of Delilah and Henry because they both are alone and they're out there for their reasons. And, you know, Henry, like, at one point in the game, he wakes up in the middle of the night and thinks he's talking to his wife, Julia. Yeah, and was, I think, I like, his mental, I think it's showing just how susceptible his mental state is out there completely alone with the only other person he can talk to is on the other side of a radio. He's never even met this person. And yeah. I think that's just showing how easily I use the word again, but susceptible he was to manipulation and crazy trains of thought. I mean, these were ideas he fueled his imagination was running wild when really it's a more grounded in reality um, story. So I never, I never felt I don't even know what the word is for how you felt about it, but I I was never upset at the bait and switch, so to speak. I, yeah, and I mean, I never truly felt like it was going to end up being... Aliens. Aliens, or whatever the heck I was thinking. Um, I knew it wouldn't be any of those things. I knew it would be something realistic. So when it came and it turns out the story was about Brian and Ned, then it wasn't a surprise to me. And I'm not even necessarily docking Firewatch for... Uh, getting weird like that because I know that the reason that they did it is because Henry's out in the middle of nowhere all by himself for eighty about 80 days and he starts getting kind of I mean you can't be alone that long without starting to go a little bit crazy I can only really stand being locked up in my house maybe one max two days before I feel like dang I need to just go to Walmart or something and feel like I'm part of society so walmart oh goodness yeah i I don't know just someplace in public i just i have to go do something um so i understand why the game gets so intense and why in in this case it makes more sense to me than gone home did because like i said there's the whole subplot in gone home where it's like our grandpa sacrificed and our entire of goats to fanfar the great or something like that fanfar so you don't really know what's going on in that. But with this, looking back on it, it was something that I – in the moment I was kind of frustrated. Like, oh, man, they pulled a gone home again and they pulled the rug out from under my feet and it turns out to be something that it totally wasn't. But um, in retrospect, after I ended up playing the game, I was like, okay, Henry's out there alone. He's going to lose his mind. He's going to think of crazy, insane things because, I mean – have you ever been alone in your house? Like, have your parents ever been out of town and you're the only one in your oh, house? Oh, all the time. And then, like, in my I house, you, uh, you you know my, well, you know the layout of my house now. I do. I sleep in my bedroom upstairs, and when I am alone, my house is huge. And when no one else is here, it's weird. So I hear one creak in the middle of the night. I'm like, well, what the heck was that? Are there werewolves attacking my house? What is going on? Like, better, grab, better grab my lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. There's just... I mean, weird thoughts go through your head when you're isolated, and I don't like staying alone. Not that it makes a big difference with my parents and brother sleeping downstairs, but just being alone, there's something about it that's weird, and your mind goes to weird places when you're alone. So I like that, in, in retrospect, I really like that they kind of made things seem so crazy 
it was something I ended up appreciating when right. I looked back on it. But in the moment, I was not annoyed with it. I guess, yeah. So it. So we've we've talked about them, you know, we've named them, but uh, Brian and Ned. Do you wanna? Do you um, wanna talk about them? Yeah, I I don't know what. I still but, feel like they were an afterthought within the game almost. Um which was kind of to me the game was always about Henry him coping with his wife losing her mind for the most part and Delilah kind of being the psychiatrist and the person who helping who's helping him get through the, his problems in this moment and She's the one who's kind of helping him heal from the stuff that's been going on in his personal life. The Brian and Ned story was just kind of always something to further the plot and continue having Delilah and Henry having conversations. Because otherwise the whole game would have just been, you get snippets um, in between uh, days, I think like three and day 75 or six. Uh, where you just kind of see how Henry's living out his time there that summer. The whole game would have been like that, if not for this story with Ned and Brian. So I think they're important in that respect. But overall, um, I don't. I don't know. What do you, What did you think? I, I thought it was. I thought Brian dying was horribly sad, of course. But I didn't think. I don't know. I didn't think they were super important characters by any means. I took it as they were very very important because each each of the characters was isolated in their own way henry you know henry and delilah specifically kind of volunteer for it they they willingly go out and they're these lookouts but we look at you know we look at ned and brian ned apparently suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder from his time in the military he's a very a manly man, a macho man, so to speak. And then he has his son, Brian, who's very nerdy. He plays, you know, um, what is it called? Wizards and Wyverns. You know? Um, yes, yeah. He's he's a scrawny, nerdy kid. And, you know, so uh, Ned takes his son out to be this, you know, to join him to be his lookout against the rules. Kid's not supposed to be out there and um, kind of spend some time with him. But this post-traumatic stress messes with him a little bit and when you hear that dialogue the audio tape at the end of Ned talking to Henry saying why he didn't report his son falling to his death you know he was like I, I didn't want to deal with it I, I, he didn't want to and so Ned chose a life to be alone and carry the weight of his dead son on his shoulders every day and live in fear of people finding that body. And so, you know, he lived in that little man cave. Uh, you know, he watched bears and hikers and other things. Watched you. And watched me because I got close to the cave. And so that was his form of isolation. That was his punishment. He kind of inflicted that on himself. Delilah's out there. She had a bad relationship she's not close to her family and then she never reported brian and when she finds out brian died that messes her up she blames herself a hundred percent for it and she just shuts down basically at the end of the game and that's right you know you can i don't know if you asked but at the end of the game you can ask her to stay 
like wait please wait for me at the helicopter i think probably almost everyone did i haven't read anybody's playthrough who didn't beg her to stay i i asked her to stay uh and she says no and she's like no i don't want to and i heard uh in the spoiler cast with ign sean vanneman was saying delilah wouldn't wait for you she doesn't want to see you she you guys are friends, but she couldn't handle seeing you because she, when she looks at you, she's going to think of Brian. Yep. Yep. And so that so her isolation is that it's dealing with that guilt and sorting out that it really isn't her fault and doing that. And then obviously Henry is out there to figure out his wife and his life, not to make those two rhyme, but you know his situation and to deal with it internally. And I think those three characters. And then, I mean, Brian technically, Brian's isolated because he feels different and alone from his father. And, you know, he doesn't feel loved or accepted in that regard. So, you know, those three main characters, I think each kind of represent a different part of isolation, whether how you get there or how you cope with it. And that's why I think he is essential. The two of them are essential to the story because that gives the that gives a little more complexity to Delilah and her state of being. Yeah. And really you were saying she's kind of the, th- the therapist, so to speak for Henry. I think the two of them aren't therapists to each other. I think the two of them are dealing with life and they're figuring it out by just talking, talking. to each other yeah, and kind of problems. bouncing ideas off the wall and sh- sharing or not sharing how they feel. Um, you Which can, then eventually leads them to kind of having a flirtatious confrontation between the two of them. You don't um, have to be flirty at all. Uh, I, you don't have to. She do. can, but you don't have to respond in that way. I mean, even, there's. Yeah, I guess there. That was one of the choices, and they try to lead you that way, though. For oh sure. yeah, and if you want, if you really want to dedicate yourself to Delilah, you can actually. I believe after the end of the montages, Henry's wedding rings on the desk. You, yeah, you can choose to leave it off. You can choose to like keep it off or put it back on, which I actually didn't notice, and I'm really bummed, and I'm excited to go through again and pick up the ring and then put it away and I, not I, wear it. I put it on my finger. Actually, no, wait. My second playthrough, yeah. yeah your, your options are basically just leave it there in the tower and have it burnt or put it on your finger and take it with you. Yeah. And I just so, put it on my finger because um, I'm a good husband. Even though I, Julie was Julie was the interesting part of the game, to me. Uh, well, actually, okay, let me touch on this with Brian and Ned while we're still talking about them before we get into some of the other characters. Um, do you think that Ned really loved and cared for Brian? Because I think he did, and uh, I think he really cared. Of course, we got the snapshot of Ned after his son died, so of course he's going to. Uh, of course he's going to talk about how much he loves his son and how awful he feels because, I mean, he, no matter – even the worst father out there, I think, probably still feels for their can- their son or daughter in some sort of way. And if not, you're just a heartless, strange person, and you may want to see if your heart's beating. Um, but I think, I, think, I think Ned genuinely loved Brian. And uh, that was the one thing that Delilah was yelling at me about was that she didn't, he didn't care about him and all these other things. But I think she only really got Brian's point of view from the story. Um, I really think she only saw things from Brian's eyes. And every kid at some point in their life thinks their parents kind of suck. 
Um, and I think that Brian was probably in – how old was he in the game, does it say? I think he's about 10 or 11 or 12, something right in he's there. He's in that pre-teen yeah. age. I'd say 10, I'd say 10 to 12. Um, Seems which I think is yeah right though. there in the preteen age where you kind of start getting sick of your parents a little bit, and considering that his dad is the only person out there that he knows, probably gets sick of being around your dad all the time. So, of course, you're going. I mean, everybody does it. You get frustrated with your parents. Who do you talk to? Your siblings or your friends? Your neighborhood lookout. Yeah, lookout. Or, or your neighborhood lookout because that's all who's around. So. You don't have any other options on who to talk to. So I think, of course, Brian's going to vent a little bit and be like, oh, my dad sucks. So I think Delilah only got that perspective from from Brian. And I think I think Ned genuinely did care. Was he the best father? Probably not. But I think he did care for him. And for Delilah to say that she didn't love him, I think is uh, I think that's just raw emotions from her. And I think that I don't think she saw the whole story. I don't think any buddy in the game saw the whole story, but it's um with I do think I do think he cared for his son. Just like to say that off the bat. I don't you know, there's some options to talk about Ned early on with Delilah and she talks about how his PTSD and it's a little he's a little weird and he got very angry. And that could be with interactions with him from before or through uh, secondhand, you know, telling from Brian. But I think more her reaction there isn't so much to, like, be like, well, obviously he wasn't a good father. He hated his son or whatever. I think it's to remove blame from herself, the blame she feels, and put it on someone else, a third party, so to speak, that. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, no one's really going to be able to pin this on. And, you know, she's trying to shovel in the blame of not telling anyone about it, about um, Brian being out there. Uh, she's showing that as no one cares or loves for this kid, so she just pushes that on someone else so she can live with herself. And yeah. it's not working because, you know, she cracks at the end of the game, so to speak, emotionally. And I think that's... I think that's where that frustration and doubt may come in. But I do believe deep down Ned loved his son. But I think between the PTSD and the differences between the two of them, he didn't know how to be a father. And I think being a father is a scary thing. Yeah. So I, would I think it, I think it matters. Just kidding. I was going to say, I don't think you have a kid. But I think, you know, I think it handled it very well. The game is the game is very mature in its storytelling and its themes and not in the way of this is adult content. You've got to be down with it. It's I yeah, think it handles yeah. it well. You know, the the easy thing to do would have been to kill Jules or to have Jules cheat on you and you're just not over it. But, you know, she has dementia and you're put in a situation where you don't know how to live your life and care for her because she's not the same woman. You know, there's. I think they handle it in a very, a, a very mature way. I think overall, all the beats and characters and development and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I don't think it's somebody who's not looking for some complexity to the, some real human complexity to the storyline will really get what they want out of it. And I think this is why video games are just a fantastic storytelling medium. Is that 
we got a story just about a dude whose wife is has a disease and she's not going to remember him and he doesn't know how to cope with it. That is a video game that I just played. I didn't shoot any dudes in the face. I didn't do anything really exciting or noteworthy at all, but here we are. We've been talking about it for 40, 45 minutes at this point about how just intriguing and we thought it was. Um, I'm trying to see here. The one thing I wanted to say real quick about the characters, and then I kind of wanted to get into the how I felt personally about some of the things that kind of struck me. Um, I'm glad we didn't end up getting to see Delilah, which I knew would happen, but I knew I knew from the start of the game we wouldn't see Delilah, even though I wanted to. But... I think seeing Delilah would have defeated the work of the radio communication. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. I think like, I that think connection that you had, I think defeated that defeated the whole purpose of the game. Yeah, I think that connection that you had with her was strictly because you talk you conversated with her you talked to her you didn't i think i think looking at her would have like maybe messed that up and the other thing i was thinking about and i'm just being an adult human here i'm sorry i'm not i'm not i don't know what if you would have there was always the kind of flirtatious thing between delilah and henry and what if you show up at her watchtower and it's like a 400-pound woman or something like that? <laughs> oh my you know what I mean? And then then you immediately are like, oh, okay, easy sister or whatever. <laughs> we we don't 400-pound woman. That would be insane. We don't hate we don't hate fat girls. No, I yeah, I'm just you get saying, what I'm like, saying. That's, though, that, that's it, like that would be the extreme. Is like she's just a 400-pound fire watch guard. Yeah, I mean you get nuts. you get what I'm saying though, but like. Sometimes, like, it's better not to see people because then you start. I mean, it's the whole "don't judge a book by its cover" thing. You've I mean, also you, built you an knew image Delilah on head. such a deeply personal level by the end of this game that adding your judgments on what she looks like on top of that could. I don't want to think. I don't think it could ruin it necessarily. Sounds extremely shallow, Logan. Yeah, I mean, it does sound extremely shallow, and I'm not saying <laughs> I would be like this, it, but it, it might be spent, something. You know, you spent the last three to six hours, depending on how you played the game. You have an image of Delilah in your head, and my image of Delilah is different than your image of Delilah. And actually, there's a point in the game where she asked you to describe you as Henry. Yeah. And you actually, at the end, you can see the picture yeah, that she drew of you. It's cool. But, you know, she's got a picture of you, Henry, but your brain is filling in the picture of her. And I think, you know, I think that's where it works is because, like we just talked about, the game, the biggest theme in the game is isolation. And I think breaking that isolation at the end would have, A, defeated the purpose of the story, and C, it would have, like, shattered that build up and relationship and growth and, and development this perception that you have of her right perception. like you said that's an excellent word the for characters it. and even the gamer themselves playing has a mental image of what she looks like and it's not to say she's a, a smoking hot babe or a 400 pound woman it's she's a human being yeah and, and sometimes it's just like meeting meeting your heroes sometimes seeing the people on TV or listening to them in your head is sometimes a weird, different thing when you finally, like, 
are face to face with him and having a conversation in real life. And I think that's the point they were at because I've definitely felt that way before where you meet somebody who you've been built up to wanting to see forever and then you finally talk to them and it's a, well, that was kind of disappointing. Um, yeah, that's how you felt when you met me for the, we yeah, reconnected I mean, it, for the it, first time. It, it kind of was, even though we knew each other when we were kids. Like, right. That's why I, fit, I corrected it to reconnect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, those face-to-face meetings are kind of, they can be awkward at first, especially with somebody who you don't see on a regular basis. Um, so I knew we weren't going to see it, but I was... Did you? Are you saying we that Delilah's your hero and you were nervous to meet her? Yes, she was my hero. She was my idol. She was like my Christopher Nolan, or I don't know. I don't know why I just said Christopher Nolan of all people. Christopher, um, Christopher Nolan's the top of the list. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's top of the list of my heroes and people that I love and respect and would be scared to meet in person. Not, no, not I don't, I don't Miyamoto, know. Not Michael Jordan. Nah, Christopher Nolan. We already met Michael Jordan. I know. That's why I brought him up. Um, okay, so the do you have anything else you want to say before I get into my – it's not really a tangent, but it's kind of a more personal life stuff and things I kind of related to as I played the game myself. I'm upset I didn't find the turtle. Did I you did find... not find the turtle as well. Uh, you can actually find two turtles. You actually get to keep the turtle as a pet. <laughs> That's interesting. There's also raccoons in the game that you can meet. Raccoons. Um, there's a dead elk. Did you find the dead elk? I don't think I found any of this stuff. This stuff's all off the beaten path, isn't it? The dead elk is close to Brian's hideout. And actually, if you at that point you have the beeping compass, um, the beeping compass will go off. And it turns out that radio tower you found where you thought everything was going crazy and they were like stalking you yeah Uh, yeah. that group of people was actually studying elk yeah and it turns out it was people it was people from uh eastern colorado university or something like that because you saw one of the sweatshirts laying around the the last of us uh easter egg right there yeah the last of us oh my gosh it was great Uh, anyway shout out so but beyond the dead elk is the final note between those uh two park rangers and the psalm old shoshone which you can find. Apparently, there's a burned down watchtower that you can find and explore. Like, there's so much to this game I missed that isn't critical to the story. Obviously, it's not the main story, but there are elements that I missed. Whether it's the you know cute and gentle nature of getting a pet baby turtle, or um, finding a burned down watchtower and learning more about these park rangers, or you know um, even the importance of the final note in the song there between those two park rangers you know it's yeah there's a lot to miss i really wanted that turtle that's how i sold abby on playing the game with me i was like there's a cute turtle in this game we can get okay so that is the one thing i wanted to ask did you feel like you should have played the game alone because you played it with your girlfriend by your side the whole time you feel like you should have played it alone to get the true isolation experience because i did that and i thought it was a rewarding experience Meanwhile, I know you probably were bouncing ideas off of her and saying, what should I say now, and things like that. Well, we actually, it wasn't just, we do play the Telltale games together. Those are our games together. And normally I'm the controller, and we make the dialogue decisions together. Uh, This time, she was playing, and I was playing. We took turns um, on day rotations. So we each probably got three, we each got about three hours in. 
So, but we we made the majority of the dialogue decisions together. So, I don't know. I guess I you don't can't think, know how you. Well, yeah, if you I get, felt like I do you want to play it the again the, the second time. time by myself because it. I don't think it diminished the the goal they were going for. I also don't think I lost a sense of empathy for Henry and Delilah in this that you know in that sense of isolation. It yeah. was it was rewarding to see the effect of the story on another person in real time instead of just discussing it because this discussion right now between you and me is I'm having a lot of fun just talking about different things and like the choices we made. Whether it's as small as what did you name the fire or did you ask Delilah to stay or go? But I think it was cool to have that person with you in the moment and kind of decide together. Yeah. And um, maybe I didn't feel as sad and lonely. Because <laughs> you had someone there with so, you. So, yeah, it was, tell you it was nice. Right. The, thing, the thing I wish I could have done more than, like, it, you know, if it was played by myself or um, played it all in one sitting, I would have – I wish I could have played it in one sitting – I did that, and I thought it was. That's what I. I really think that's wish the ideal done. way to play it. Honestly, if I if there would have been any breaks at all in that story for me, I would have been. I mean, not and mad or if I, I don't if know. I had played by myself, I totally could have done that. Whether it was a three hour run like you or my six hour run, regardless. But I know, you know, my girlfriend isn't all into video games like I am. She has her interest, and I have mine, and it's great, and I love that. But um. It's it can be difficult sometimes. Nah, you should for, you should dump her. No, no, that. never. But you know it can be difficult sometimes for you know to sit there for two hours and still have the attempt like the interest in it. Um, you know she did that for The Last of Us. She she sat there while I played the entire thing in The Last of Us because I wanted her to see this you know the story, and she is a trooper for that. But you know it can be difficult to you know sit there for two hours and i get that i do you know it's a video game walking through forest especially in a game where you're not there's not in the head every action second. so much happening as much yeah. as like just dialogue so yeah i mean it's like a i'm excited to like a book. i am trying to find like a chunk of time to play it in one sitting because that's what i really want to experience on my second time through alongside finding that turtle that's really what i want for my second playthrough gotta find that turtle oh my gosh Steve. that turtle's so cute gotta Hit it on the head and throw it in your backpack. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be great. Play it on me. As uh, I pl- as I played the game, it really made me reflect on my own life and made me think about a bunch of things that have been happening in my own life the past year, two years, or things like that. And for starters, 
my situation is not as bad as Henry's was in this game. His wife is had Alzheimer's. Um, just to clear, just, just to clear it up, I'm not saying my life's worse than Henry's. Yeah, this my life's not character. bad at all. My life is good, says Nacho Libre. Um, no, and I'm not even unhappy with my life right now. But when I played the game, it brought to light some things in my own life, and uh, just made me think about kind of where I've been for the past year or so. So to to catch not to catch people up because i guess i've never talked about this um fill us in so my high school girlfriend um i dated her for about two and a half three years something around there that's a and that's a good um, while we broke up about two years ago and so that sucked that was a rough portion of my life um since then i've been doing fine now but I have not dated anybody since then. Kind of been alone. Kind of been in my own kind of no man's land as far as that goes. Meanwhile, she is engaged. She will be getting married in a couple months. And uh. I am just kind of in this weird area where I don't really know how to feel about anything. And I'm kind of, I don't know. Because I thought two of the biggest themes in the game were trust and connecting with somebody. Um because the whole game's about building up your trust with Delilah and trying to get to know her on a deeper level. And that always brought back to me thinking about how I've thought about, well, I wonder if I'll ever, not even a wonder, but like at what point will I meet somebody who I then get to know on a deeper level and grow to trust again? Because it's it's a process getting to know people. And that process of getting to know somebody on a deeper, more personal level really reminded me of when I first got to know my old girlfriend and getting to know her and things like that. Um, so Henry and Delilah getting to know each other in this game really made me think of my own life and just about how you connect with people and what it is that you connect with people with and why, I don't know, just a bunch of thoughts going through my head. And I on a weird level, I kind of connected with Henry because he's alone in a weird part of his life where he doesn't really know what to do. Obviously, there's nothing I can do um, about my old girlfriend, and I'm not even really upset about that either, but it's just kind of one of those things that comes and goes. There's really nothing you can do, and it's weird that you'll kind of just be a person that you had an impact on somebody's life, and that's it, and You'll know you had that impact on somebody's life, but you won't really know how in the future. Um, I don't know, just a bunch of... I'm just kind of spitballing right now, but just a bunch of random thoughts were going through my head as I played this game. And um, when, I, when I found out my ex-girlfriend was getting married, it was one of those things that, I don't know, it kind of hit me hard. Um, there's, there'll be days I'm mad about it. There'll be days I'm sad about it. There'll be days I don't give a rip at all. And that's probably... 98% of the days, but um, there's just, I don't know, there's something, I don't know, I just connected with the game and connected with Henry on that level of kind of being alone and not knowing really where the heck to go in life and just kind of tossing your hands up and saying whatever, um, I'm just going to go do something stupid at this point. And also, I want to say this too, I'm not one of those people who puts tons of emphasis on relationships and thinks it's the most important thing ever i am seriously insanely happy to be single right now but it's still one of those reoccurring things that comes up all the time like 
well, not all the time, in, but it pop, it pops. Yeah, in when it pops then. in your head and you think about it, like, geez, I've been single for two years. What the heck? Whatever. I'm gonna go play Metal Gear now. Like, it's something you that's always coming up, but it's not anything like I'm obsessing over. So. I don't know. I just, for some reason, the game resonated with me on that level, and I don't really know why, but I thought it was interesting and thought I would share. I don't know if you have anything you want to it, comment on about it, but... I think game games or media or movies or things can help. That You know, they draw thing, they draw it out. They draw emotions out from us if done or performed with that intention and performed very well. Kind of like I said it a little earlier this game is mature and it deals with those topics and i think the strongest thing in the storytelling for this game is the ability to draw empathy from it in the you know you know there's sympathy and there's empathy and empathy is really putting yourself in someone else's shoes and truly relating to it and sympathy is just like oh your life is hard. I feel bad for you. Yeah. Sort of. uh, prime recent timely example is Kanye West. $53 million in debt, still buying houses for people. You can, quote, have, you can quote, have sympathy for the man because he's spent all this money and has no way to pay it back at this time. Or you can um, have empathy for the man, which would be very difficult for people in anywhere but the rich and famous to kind of have for him in that regard. Uh, you might be able to have empathy for a man in debt, but maybe not $53 million in debt. That's just a side tangent, you know, just kind of a timely example. But Follow us on Twitter, and I'm sure we'll talk about it because yeah. we've been talking about it way too much lately. But to bring it back to games, Journey had a profound impact on me. And Journey plays with this idea of alone but you're determined you have this mission and where they break that isolation is in the multiplayer and the multiplayer is minimal and not invasive and you can choose whether to be a part of it or not. And I think that's reflective of that game's overall path and story. It's this, the death of the civilization and this one nomad and how it's all brought back and it's all a full circle. And I think, you know, journey I played on this, old CRT television, but the beauty and the impact of that game story hasn't wasn't lost on me. It wasn't in the visuals, it wasn't in the amazing gameplay, it wasn't actually the music helps a lot. That music is phenomenal. But you know, it was it was in the story and it drew that out in me. And you know, there are games you go to sometimes as comfort food too. They're just games you just play when you have a bad day and you feel better. Or you kind of nestle up with them. Uh, you can I, um, the Unfinished Swan is a really cozy game for me. Very comfortable playing that game. Or some older games. There's just there there are games at points in your life you think of and they draw things out and they remind you of moments. And more and more recently, we're getting more and more mature games. And I think Firewatch is not lost on me, and it sounds most certainly not lost on you in that. Um, impact and effect yeah i mean i think that's a I, I think that's a really good line that you said about how games sometimes they draw things out in us and that certainly happened with firewatch and i definitely think there's a million things that take away from this and i think this is one of the weirder things i took away from it um 
but yeah, I mean, I wasn't planning on sitting down to play this game last week and um, coming away from it and thinking about my personal relationship life and my love life and all this stuff. And I mean, I wasn't planning on, I didn't sit down. I was just trying to get through this game so I could know what happens and that be it. And it kind of drew this out of me and made me realize just seeing the relationship between uh, Delilah and Henry develop. And it's like, when am I going to connect with somebody on that level again? I mean, even Delilah talks about it in the game. Like, I don't talk to any other of the other lookouts. Like, I talk to you. Like, sometimes you just kind of click with people. And I haven't really clicked with anyone. I mean, male or female, really, honestly. Like, uh, not a, not in a bisexual way, but, like, male friends or either. Like, I haven't really clicked with people in quite some time. And I don't know why that is. And... Um, I mean, I feel like I, I'm a decent enough person and, uh, I don't know, like just you sometimes mesh with certain people and you don't really know why, but you just do. And I felt like that's how the relationship between Henry and Delilah was in this game at first when they started to get to know each other. And it just made me really realize, especially on the relationship side, like, when am I going to connect with somebody like that? Like, when am I going to meet a girl that I really connect with and we just like, understand each other on that sort of level before even and we've never even met before because i don't know i mean i just think things are easy sometimes with certain people when you meet them and i've really not had that connection with anybody in a while and it just i don't know it didn't necessarily make me strive to want that but it made me realize that i hadn't had a connection with somebody like that in quite some time so I don't know, like, I wasn't expecting to get that from the game, and I wasn't expecting to feel that way afterwards, but I did, and I, I don't, I don't know, I don't really know what to think about it, it's interesting, I guess, that I felt that way, and that this game about a dude putting himself in an isolated middle-of-the-nowhere forest for three months taught me this, but I don't know, really just thought it was interesting. I agree. So, yeah, I think that's what I wanted to say. I mean, yeah, I know it's... that was kind of like my sandbox there, but, yeah, I don't, really, I don't really think there's anything else I want to say about it. But, yeah, I don't know. It... I think Firewatch is a game you should play. Yeah, for I sure. I think Firewatch is a great game. I think it's going to be a game I think about for a while. I think it's going to be a game that sticks with me. Most certainly the soundtrack, which I recommend you all check out. Uh, you can actually, it's like six bucks on Bandcamp. So I think it's nine, 18 songs. It's $14 cheaper than uh, The Life of Pablo, that's for sure. It is uh, 19 songs. Six dollars has fantastic artwork, but I enjoy the game very much, and it's a game I'm very happy exists, and I'm very curious to see what Campo Santo does next because it won't be a Firewatch two; it'll be another original creation. I'm kind of excited for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remembered one other thing I wanted to say, and this might be another weird tangent thing, but um. Yeah, the other thing I think I realized, too, was that, and I think something that, going along with all the personal stuff I said a second ago, like, sometimes 
things in life make you realize where you're at. And I think even Henry at the end of the game, I think he kind of realized I need to like, I've been alone for a while. It's time for me to go home. And most people, I mean, most people jumped on the helicopter at the end and you go home and (laughs) that's the end of your playthrough. I mean, that's what happens. You go back to your normal life and you get out of the isolation that you've been in. And I don't know. I felt like the same way, like, again with me like this is just like a weird part of my life where I'm kind of disconnected from a bunch of people and I'm sure that'll change at some point but right now this is just kind of where I am and it kind of made me more I mean I've obviously known for a while that I've been a little bit more disconnected from most people but when I played the game it kind of really made me reflect on that and realize that and realize that I've kind of been in a weird lonely situation lately even though i'm not see it makes me sound like i'm depressed and i want to go hang myself every night and i'm really not at all i know that was probably a little bit blunt that was Um, a little blunt and dark yeah i'm really not depressed by any means and i really love my life and i love my day-to-day life uh but i don't know this game just made me realize certain things like that so it's a good game i would definitely recommend the game worked yeah i i guess so um, it's a good game. I recommend you, that you buy it. Um, I will say up front, it might not be for everybody. If you do not like the walking simulator type of games and you constantly need to be shooting something, maybe it's not for you. I think the story is for everybody, though, and I think everybody can take something from the story because, I mean, I took some weird things away from the story uh, myself, and I think everybody can get something out of what this game is trying to talk about. And... um yeah, but just know up front that there's not a ton of gameplay. It's really very story-heavy, but I played it through once. I'm really not planning on playing through it again because I think my experience I had with it was unique, and I don't want to hinder the memories I have with the game. But I feel like I took something away from it, and yeah, it's a good game. I would definitely recommend that you purchase it. All for it. Also, the dynamic theme on PS4 is pretty great. I have not looked at it. I should. It's um, it's separate, I... unless you bought it in the bundle. Oh yeah, I didn't buy the bundle. It's um, basically the background's the same, but the lighting changes based off the clock. So like in the morning, it'll be sun rising and it'll be up, and then sunset, and there's birds, and then it plays a little bit of the soundtrack. That's it's actually kind of cool. It's a pretty sweet. It's like three bucks and three dollars and fifty cents. But cool. actually, you since you bought the game and you have PS Plus, buying the game with the PS Plus discount and the theme separately is cheaper than the bundle by like fifty cents. So you're still saving technically money. I never changed my theme on PSN. Neither do I. I but when I heard, but when I heard that it changed based off the time of day. That's what sold me. So you do have it right now? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I don't know why I don't. I guess I'm just weird. I don't change my Vita themes as well. Oh, I've never, I never do that. It was, uh, it was very much sold to me by the base that it changes based off time of day. That is a cool. It's like, uh, it's like Pokemon Gold and Sapphire. What? Um. Do you have anything else you want to talk about off of the top of your head? I think we've kind of covered 
it had really bad trophies there definitely could have been extra trophies in there yeah it was pretty bad uh kind of like it in one respect they did give you three golds i'll i'll throw oh yeah like the quality as far as like the the end goal there is good but there could have been extra trophies like you know how you could pick up beer cans and keep them and like yeah. clean up the forest. There could have been a trophy for like pick up all the beer cans. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Or, or you know, pick up find, ten beer cans, or or just... find all the notes between the uh, the. Now I'm blanking on their names, but the patrol guys, you know, like the the, the rangers, lookouts. rangers. Find all the notes between the rangers, or find the turtle. Open all of the caches or whatever. They're yeah, called. you know, there could have been other trophies in there. They could have flushed that out and then given it a platinum. And made me a happy man. They could have. They could have. They definitely could have. Um, I was frustrated with it, but I don't know. Um, they said they wanted people to just focus on the story and not try to do stuff like that, really, unless they. I wanted did to. that. I focused on the story the first time, and now yeah. I want to focus on trophies, but they don't exist. I agree with you. Yeah, they should have done better trophies, but not much to do about that. Patch um, them in. Is there anything else? Nothing I can really think of off the top of my head. I know that my whole past 10-minute rant was really the last thing I wanted to say about the game. Games A+. Um, no, there's nothing really more I want to say in this discussion. I will say I've, write, I've written a review for the game. I just have to finish the intro and outro, the hardest parts usually for me. But um, I'm going to put that up on my blog. I haven't put anything up on my blog since last year. And that's just because I've been busy with school. I've been doing freelance work for IGN, which is kind of the dream. And, you know, but I haven't done any personal writing. So I I did decide to write a review about this game. Uh, And, you know, it won't be up uh, by the time you're listening to this, probably, if you're listening to it right away. But if you do go to goleftgaming.wordpress.com, I mean, it should be up there at the top. Fairly soon, I just have to edit it organize and put in those intros and outros but um you know if you want to hear if you want to read that i i'd be happy if you read that people of the internet yeah and if you if you also you can check that website out you can also check out uh turdpigeon.edu see what they got going over there on over there um and if you don't want to check that out you can also go to toilet at bowl.gov it's a good website and uh yeah, those are real websites, I bet. Probably somewhere. Um, I, I think we're probably done discussing Firewatch. If I'm talking about toilet bowls and turd pigeons, probably um, the maturity level has dropped dramatically. Yep, we're getting into the. T- I tried to I tried to stay mature for this discussion because I knew it was a mature game, so we need to have a mature discussion. But we're deteriorating, and Dimitri might come in this room soon and hijack the podcast if we don't get out of here. So, um. But yeah, in closing, good game. Buy it. All the other normal MGS stuff like normal. Uh, you can e- email us at mgspodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at mgspodcast. I, Logan Moore, am at moreman12. Max Roberts is at maxthewhite. And that is it. I think we are good. Um, Firewatch is a good game. I really enjoyed this discussion. It's a surprise that a three or four hour game had so much to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely think it's it's worth your time. Uh, just know going in, it's not a lot of gameplay, and if you play it on PS4, it might chug just a little bit. But I definitely think Until it's still worth your time through. and your money. So, um, 
Max, is that all you would like to say? That's all I would like to say. Then that is it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you listen to the repeat discussion, you guys, I know this is a different one-off episode that we do sometimes. But um, we'll be back next week, as I said, on episode 34, if you listen to that as well. Uh, we'll be back next week with a normal show, normal topics. I want to talk about season passes and all that good stuff and the price of games. Uh, so be sure to listen to episode 35 next week. We will try to get back on a normal schedule here and uh, hopefully don't get too busy. So thanks for listening to this episode, you guys. Love you. Bye. Over and out.